We all need a place to live and what we're looking for may change throughout our lives. What doesn't change is the need for it to fulfill a purpose. More than a place, it's an environment that should serve you and build you up. Join us, your hosts, MK Corey and Giselle Rivera, as we help you find a place to live. And so it begins. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Season two, we are exploring video. I know. Here we, this is what we look like. <laughs> <laughs> this is officially us recording ourselves talking about real estate. That's right. Which we have been doing from afar. And now we're doing it together, which is way more fun. And going to give you the video. So you get to see our faces and facial reactions and <laughs> tears and everything else that'll come. <laughs> Yeah, there could be tears. There have been tears. So there have been. It's part of it because when you, you know anyone that's buying or selling home, it's a roller coaster of emotions. So yes, we experience it as agents, people experience it as clients and buyers and sellers. So it's just part of it. And well, welcome to a place to live podcast. Yes. Now also on video. <laughs> yeah. I'm MK Corey. And I'm just Sally Rivera. And we'll figure out this thing about the video, but we'll get there. We're excited to share it with the world. Well, it's a new year. It is 2023. Yeah. If anyone is listening 2030, well, this is 2023 market that we're going to be talking about. But there's some basics that are not reliant just on the market that regardless of the year or moment in time, people still go through the same process. And wanting to buy a home, which will be the focus of these first series, which by the way, this new season, we're going to be doing series. Yes. So exploring a topic and going deep dive in four part series. Mm -hmm. And the first of them all would be how to buy a home, how to buy a home. Just really starting with one-on-one boot camp basics. Like she said, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> Kill Michael Scott. No, but really. So a lot of people, when they want to buy a home, they just go online and start, is this a nice place to live? And, you know, this is a nice house. And they might not know a lot about that area that they're looking at mm -hmm. or if that, that's the right fit for them or just how to start. Right. How would you start your journey? How would I? If there, I mean, the correct answer <laughs> is talk to a real estate agent. <laughs> but I think most people in the way that we started was we would drive past a house and then quickly look it up or we would like screenshot where we were on the map and try to find it at home just to give us a basis of what it's like, like what's in the house? Show me what's in your house. Um, and, and what are you listing for? What are you asking for it? Um, just to set level expectations. But I think the better way to find out expectations and to set yourself up for success in a smooth home buying process is to find an agent. And why do you think that is? Because they can give you the guidance. Real estate agents buy and sell homes all year long versus one every couple of years. Um, and so they can give you the ins and outs of what to expect, where to start and help avoid. And if not avoid problems and help you problem solve because there will be. Yeah. And from a personal experience, first time that I was looking for a home, I just went the online route. Totally. And I would say, had I 
found the right agent at the beginning of my journey mm-hmm. would it have allowed me to find a home earlier. And I may have not missed opportunities in the market because you start talking to one agent because you did it online and then you talk to the other, but you never find that that one person that you can trust and can actually guide you. So mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, and even as an agent, if I'm looking at purchasing a property in another state, my first step is let me find an agent. Right. Um, Because there are a lot of things that go into it, like zoning, for example, that you might not be aware of, typical um, issues that could be in a home. For Mm -hmm. example, in Texas, the roof and the foundation are very common. Mm -hmm. So being able to find an agent, no matter where in the world, um, could allow you to know that firsthand and hopefully avoid or reduce hiccups throughout the process. Where does the time spent? Because how long did you search with your first agent before you found the right agent? Since I talked to a few, Mm -hmm. it took me about a year and a half. Okay. And in that year and a half, the market changed completely. Yeah. Um, So when I was looking for a home, it was a buyer's market in Texas. And then when I actually purchased, it was a seller's market. Mm -hmm. So it completely shifted while I was in the process that had I focused on, let me find a local agent first, it would have saved me a lot. But I didn't know. I thought that I knew better by just going online and Googling it, right? Right. So now that we know, and our lessons learned, how can people find an agent? Okay, so I think most commonly you can ask family and friends, see who they have worked with or who they know. And I pr- prefer who you've worked with because that'll give you a better experience of, of how it will be or help you anticipate what your experience will be with that agent. Um, you can ask an agent mm-hmm. that you know and then ask what their specialty is. Oh, that's that's a, an important question. And see if they even cover what you're considering. Yeah. Um, and specialty and area, because you might know Let's say, you know, an agent in Iowa, Mm -hmm. but you're purchasing in Texas. Well, that agent in Iowa may know someone in Texas or Mm -hmm. can research within their network to find an agent or multiple agents for you to interview. Right. Or even if you're moving from one Metroplex, like from Houston to Dallas-Fort Worth, you can ask an agent in Houston. And most of the time, if they're um, smart, they would have a network of people (laughs) across the country because- realistically it's not one agent cannot know all of texas can't know every state so you kind of want to find somebody that is in the area that you are searching for but yes asking other agents is fair game yeah and let's say you have a pool of five different agents that you found you know because you found them on social media or Mm -hmm. with a friend with a former agent well finding an agent is like dating Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got to have your coffee, you know, see if you like their personality, what they know. It's what you're actually looking for in a house. And that takes us to what they specialize on that you brought up. Right. And it is, okay, so specialization can be all sorts of things. Most agents work with almost anybody will say that they can cover anything, but there is always something that they have more experience with. Mm-hmm. And so they may not call it a specialization. Most, some people do. 
Um, but that can cover things like luxury. So there are agents who only work in certain price points in certain neighborhoods or um, first-time home buyers. So agents that help people who want to learn the entire process that might need a little bit more guidance mm -hmm. and explanation and just sheer definitions because this is a whole industry with their own jargon. Um, so those are a few. Yeah. And because going back to the network, being an agent is it, you cannot be a lone wolf to be a good agent. So right. if you are, if someone is an agent that is specializes on the luxury market, more than likely they know other agents in the area. They know mm -hmm. lenders that are really good or can find options for um, Jumbo loans, et cetera. Right. Um, they can find probably of market deals because they already have helped people buy and they might be selling now. So their network can set you up to find a place to live. Um, right. So if you're looking for luxury and all you know, it's an agent that knows first-time home buyers in a, small, in a different budget, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that agent is not a good agent. It's that it might not be good for you in this moment in time. Exactly. Because something, um, another type of, of buyer could be somebody who's wanting land mm -hmm. or somebody who wants kind of a residential commercial type property where you have a workshop or something like that. And if you're working with a first-time home buyer agent, their inspectors or their lenders may not know how to work with larger pieces of land or how to inspect the land, how to inspect multiple buildings that aren't residential homes. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing the agent who has the right network, like you said, is critical um, because that's also how working with investors is also going to look very different than somebody who works in luxury or first-time home buyers mm -hmm. or certain neighborhoods. Yeah. And for example, an investor-friendly type of agent may be well-versed in the world of 1031 exchanges. And they may be able to even connect you with an accountant or a tax attorney that can help you maximize that investment or exchanging one property to another, that maybe an agent that has never done that type of deal may not be able to guide you properly. Right. Because like with first time home buyers, you have programs that where you can have down payment assistance. Um, those lenders that know that may not know the, the investor side of things because investors can't qualify for first time home buyer programs or even normal loans. You brought up a really good point that Texas is, is a huge state and mm -hmm. Even in DFW, it's so big that no right. one agent will know everything. You could have an agent say, oh, I'll drive five hours for you. Well, guess what? Five hours away is likely a very different market than where near where they live because real estate is hyper-local. Yes. You can have even one neighborhood in a town that it's booming and it behaves as a seller's market because it, it's in high demand. Right. Where the neighborhood next door, no one wants to live in it. So it behaves as a very buyer's market. Right. And that's why even ourselves, like we specialize in different cities and areas of DFW. Right. Yeah, because I have driven hours for <laughs> clients saying I can help you in any way possible. Um, but then when we get over there, they ask about the grocery stores and they ask about the different schools, which we can't legally have an opinion on, but different things that directly impact their quality of life if they chose to live there. And there's only so much detail that I can research ahead of time that will provide like an actual beneficial insight. 
even from where you are, Richardson, to where I am, Fort Worth, there's a lot of different changes that might impact you that don't impact me and vice versa. And I think one of the things that we've seen most recently is Universal Studios going up in Frisco. Oh, and it was a market before the announcement and after the announcement. Mm -hmm. It has completely, completely changed. And that is going to Frisco, Texas. And that's actually one of the areas that I focus on. I really focus on Dallas and North East of Dallas. So Plano, Frisco, McKinney, Prosper, and where I live, Richardson, I'm really focused on those areas. And what that means, like I'm always researching, looking at what developments are coming up, looking at the news, what's going on in the neighborhoods. So that's why it's so hyper-local that you need someone that really knows that area mm -hmm. if it's something like a new construction and you don't care then yeah it could be miles away but honestly in terms of geographical competency mm -hmm. which is one of the things that you know are important when it comes to having a real estate license um that's a really good example and then for example in my side of town of richardson there's a lot of development coming up as well yep um we have the light rail um which is dart Mm -hmm. the dallas area rapid transit nice line. <laughs> um so it's, it's being extended um we have different lines from richardson to dallas orange and red that go down to dallas but now they're opening up the silver line that's going to take us directly to the um dfw airport mm -hmm. so that's going to connect plano richardson addison all the way to um well dfw which is fort worth area right yeah. depending on what terminal you're in probably sure <laughs> <laughs> so but probably someone that is not in this area might not be as aware of that so what's coming up in fort worth Ooh, good question um i actually in this last weekend for fun <laughs> went to a meeting where mayor maddie spoke and it was really interesting but it, the the meeting itself was for the alliance area which is kind of my corridor it's between denton and 820 in fort worth it's that North Fort Worth area. And there are parts of it where they are their own suburbs, such as like Hazlitt, Keller, Saginaw, North Lake, where they have established their own cities. But there's a lot that kind of bleeds into Fort Worth very quickly and, and it changes which school district you're in and different zoning and stuff like that. Um, and there is a lot going up in that area just because Alliance has... Um, so much commercial business that's going to be coming through there with the Alliance Airport being the main hub for business cargo transportation. Um, you have BNSF, which is the railroad that comes through that side. And then there's just a lot going into Fort Worth itself. One of the more exciting things that they had talked about was the professional bull riding competition will be held in Fort Worth moving forward instead of Las Vegas. So that was a oh, win. Wow. So there's like big things like that where it's just going to bring Fort Worth um, I don't want to say back onto the map, but like bring more liveliness to it. Fort Worth is alive and well and healthy. But what's really fun is that we're starting to attract events and businesses that already fit the fabric of Fort Worth because it has such a cool kind of cultural personality. Um, so that a lot of that is growing in and up from Fort Worth in pretty much in every direction. But north is where where I am and a lot of different neighborhoods are growing and being added to yeah and there is a saying real estate like commercial follows residential you first need like the neighborhoods mm -hmm. that then would 
suggest that it would be a good investment to have a restaurant in there. So you first need yeah. like the, the neighborhoods to be built and then you you will see if all goes well and there's no pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> commercial follows and then business also follow as well. And speaking of airport, um, McKinney, Texas has a regional airport mm-hmm. and now it's going to become a commercial airport. Oh, it's, oh, 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 commercial. Okay. Yeah. So, it, you know, we'll see where we'll connect, where? but that should bring. Is it going to be international? Is it the McKinney International Airport? Did I see that or did I make mm-hmm. that up? It would probably be domestic. It's not okay. that big as to be international. We'll see. I it only takes I'll one. Oh, well, true. <laughs> <laughs> one flight true. to Mexico or Canada. <laughs> but at least it's going beyond, you know, being one for like private. Yes. Life. So that's that's going to be exciting. So far, we've talked about finding an agent with within your network, yep. your friends, your family, even agents that you know, and talking about that every agent even though we know the basics of a real estate transaction, real estate is hyper local. Mm-hmm. So every agent will have some sort of specialization. Yes. And we want to talk about that's one piece of the puzzle. But really, when you're purchasing or selling, it's a group project. So let's talk about that after a word from our sponsors. Today, we are sponsored by our own hard work and dedication. Thank you to us for showing up. That's right. We are investing in our future selves. So just connect with us on social media. I'm Fine Plena. And I'm MK Sells Texas on Instagram. So keep listening to A Place to Live podcast. And we're back. <laughs> Flash, that was ourselves yeah we'll see if we get a sponsor soon um okay so then point th- so first we talk about agent then ask for their specialization um and then pick the right person for the group project so just quick flashback to high school where you were either assigned or you got to pick who was in the group project it was always so much better when you got to pick because you knew who you could trust or bare minimum who you enjoyed working with And that's what real estate is because it takes so many people to do something. And just so you know, if you are buying the house, you get to pick everybody. Um, However, the agent will know people that they trust and that they've worked with that do a great job, that communicate effectively. And at the end of the day, are wonderful people to work with. And that is so critical to making buying a home smooth and dare I say it, enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. We all want to have an A in the group project and have a smooth transaction. Like even think like as a plumber and going back to knowing the area, the plumber in your area that could help. And there's something that you need to fix before putting the home on the market, for example. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you're buying inspectors that cover that area, contractors if you want to renovate so it's all about that mm-hmm. network and it's all about a team it's not just agent and that's also an important characteristic of an agent that it recognizes mm-hmm. that it's a teamwork you know that it's not just me jack of all trades we all bring something to the table to help the client throughout a transaction right and you know when they're picking that person you know going back to the dating it's it has to be enjoyable. It does. 
Because you're going to be texting them, you're going to be calling them, you're going to be on Zooms, you're going to be touring homes with them. And with every home you walk into, I think you may not you speak for yourself, but most homes you walk in and you say, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? And you might be talking to your spouse or your partner, or you might just be talking to the agent. So you need to like them and kind of like, you know, how they carry themselves <laughs> and how they talk to you and what their interests are. And it doesn't have to be a perfect matchup, but if you don't trust what they're saying, or you disagree with every piece of tastes that they show you like that's not going to work in the long run yeah and and we all have different personalities and love languages yeah and that's you got to find someone that resonates with that Mm -hmm. like if you're a very data-oriented person and you have someone that doesn't like data doesn't like math well that probably is not going to be a good fit right because you you might be a person that just want to go straight to the facts straight to the number and call it a day and maybe you are someone that needs emotional support mm-hmm. beyond a dog. And then you'll want an agent that that listens. Well, all, all agents should listen, to right. be honest. <laughs> but maybe you need a little bit more because to your point, you know, even especially if you have more than one person in a transaction, mm-hmm. the agent becomes sort of a mediator as yeah, well. Yeah, a little bit of a therapist. You know? And with things that could happen in transaction, it can be very stressful. So you mm-hmm. want to be able to pick up the phone and call the agent and share how you're feeling, what your thoughts are, what you're planning mm-hmm. to make sure that you know it can be addressed. You don't want to bottle up your emotions in a relationship. Well, you don't want to bottle up your thoughts when you are in a transaction with an agent. So that report needs to be there. Which is also a side note why working with somebody who's maybe in your family and is licensed as an agent <laughs> can be very difficult. Oh, it can be hard. Those are probably the hardest because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to offend, but you want, you need to be honest. Yeah. And, and that's some people want or need tough love and want that. Mm-hmm. And you can have an agent that it's straight to the point and will give you that tough love. But right. some people might be, you know, more susceptible or having a little bit of trouble getting feedback. So working with an agent that it's very blunt might not be what they need. Right. So picking the person that, you know, you want to be friends with, that you enjoy their company, that has a communication style that fits your personality. It's very important. Yes. And the last thing I would add to that is their availability too. So if you are expecting them to work all hours, that's something to address up front. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you want to be texting them at midnight and expect responses, there are agents who will do that and there are agents who will not. So yeah. just knowing that up front makes it clear and kind. Um, and then on top of that, I would say once you get to the point where you're talking about signing an agreement to work with somebody, which should be up front, um, just to protect your interest as the buyer, just so you know, if you're not signed to work with a buyer's agent or an agent at all, any agent that unlocks a door for you represents the seller. And mm-hmm. anything you tell that agent before they, you've signed an agreement with them should be told to the seller. So you've got zero confidentiality of disclosure from an agent until after you signed with them. Yeah. And that's so important because even before I got my license, anytime that an agent would bring up the agreement, it would feel like, okay, they want to lock me up and I'm right. stuck with the agent. And it just, it's a very touchy conversation. And and it's and it wasn't until I got my license that I understood what you just said, that 
if there's no agreement in place, the agent is really representing the seller's interest and not the buyer's. That completely changed my my thoughts on mm -hmm. the buyer's rep agreement. And right. there's there's going to be some sort of, like that same concept of the buyer's rep agreement, it's across the board. It may be called differently in a different state, but that's how it is called in Texas. But mm -hmm. all should have that concept that, you know, I'm a buyer and then I'm going to be working with this agent and this agent is going to represent me. But more than anything, whatever I tell this agent, it's between us. They they got to be loyal to, to you and mm -hmm. they got to be obedient because here's the thing. Maybe you find a home and you want to put an offer, but it's way below ask. Mm hmm. Well, if there's no agreement in place, they don't have to call the leasing agent and say, hey, I have an offer for this amount. I mean, they should ethically, but they don't have to. However, when there's an agreement in place, if you tell them, I want to submit this offer, mm -hmm. they got to do it. Right. Or like, and usually they do that, I would say, but maybe there's a part that you don't want them to tell the seller's agent something or you want them to ask for something specific and the agent is not sure that's a good idea, but you tell them, no, this is what I've decided. They should go forth and do that. However, if you haven't signed that agreement, they can say anything they want to the seller because they represent the seller still. So it is a little bit scary because that whole part of starting into the home buying process is definitely a DTR. <laughs> It's a define the relationship conversation. It's usually uncomfortable. It feels like commitment because it is legally, it is, it is a contract that you're signing as an adult and that we're signing as agents licensed. Um, and I think you need to read that contract. <laughs> and not, I think, I know you need to read the contract. Um, it is a little bit scary, but it is pretty straightforward and it's mostly, similar. It's not promulgated, meaning it's not going to be the same contract from every agent. You can build your own using a lawyer. Um, so just make sure to read through it because that will line outline exactly what your expectations are of the agent and what the agent's expectations are of you in return too. Yeah. So like if in, in any relationship, mm -hmm. it's hard to bring it up on the first date Right. Like we just went to coffee. Let's get married. It's, right. It's a, it's a little uncomfortable. So I think there's, there is a timing and there's a preference for agent on when that should be brought up. Right. Um, but to your point, what are the expectations? There are things like what's called the protection period. Mm -hmm. um, it is a, a typical clause that says you, know, you can cancel, but then there's a protection to also to the agent mm -hmm. after a certain amount of days. And that's negotiable um, mm -hmm. that if you decide to cancel and then buy within that period, then they could still be compensated. So yeah, that's something to look out for. So it's like, you know, going into a, a relationship, mm -hmm. are we going to be in an open relationship or not? Are yeah. you going to be dating other agents or not? <laughs> or are we going to be exclusive? <laughs> Which is what this agreement is kind of trying to do. Yeah. But it is the, the whole idea is it's meant to protect you as the buyer and protect the agent and to kind of co find compromise and to lay everything out up front. So if anything were to happen, which hopefully nothing does, that's bad or substantial, then you already know what to expect. But once, mm -hmm. you know, once you've interviewed multiple agents, you've gone on multiple dates and 
you know that this is the person that you really want to work with, it's good to have that agreement in place because mm -hmm. that's also some, some reassurance to the agent. We put a lot of hours um, doing research and driving around and showing some model homes and the the texts at night and the the late calls, all of that. It's a lot of effort that is put up front before there's any type of transaction or any type of deal mm -hmm. um, that it's good to have that agreement in place. So, so yeah. So both sides of the equation, both sides of the relationship feel comfortable working with each other. Yes. And I would say last thing to add to, the, to that piece of it, if you decide that you sign it and that you don't want to work with that agent anymore, sometimes they'll have stipulations in the agreement of like, if that happens, then this will happen. But I would say most of the time, and maybe this is a generalization, if you don't want to work with me, if you don't want to work with that agent, they probably don't want to work with you. <laughs> and it's okay to break up because it's going to cause less strife in the long run yeah. than trying to make something work that really isn't working out. Um, because we don't want to make your life miserable and vice versa. Yeah. We're more than happy to refer you if it's not working right. out. Right. We will find somebody who fits you better. Yeah. Find three options for you to go yeah. interview again, because it is, it is a commitment and it's a big choice and it's a lot of time and effort on your part as well as on ours. And we don't want it to be yeah. gross, <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. want it to be enjoyable. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it, Finding a good agent is a great place to start so that, you know, you have someone that it's an expert in an area, expert in a type of transaction that goes, that aligns with the stage in your life that you are yeah. and what you're the type of home or property that you're looking for. And once you like that person, that they have a good network and can put together a good team for you, they will probably connect you with lenders, contractors, depending on your need, that again, you can interview and keep choosing who's going to be in, on, your, on team your team for the group project. Yeah, And once you are happy with that person, oh, it's it's, it's a good idea to have that agreement in place. But mm -hmm. of course, it's, it's up to you. Like there's no, there's no pressure really. There's mm -hmm. no, you have to do this. You don't. It's just a way, it's just a means to protect the buyer. Because everything in yeah. real estate, all, all of the laws, it's all to protect the client, not the agent. I mean, there are some things that protect <laughs> the agent, but it is, it's just so we don't get stabbed in the back. <laughs> really, more than anything, most of the liability is on us. So mm. anyway, um, yeah, step one, find step an agent so you don't waste six months shopping for a house like we did. <laughs> Yep. So that's step one. Step number two will be our next episode. And we're going to be talking about how to choose a lender. Right. See, See you next time. Well, fortunately, we're making this podcast for fun and to build better lives. This is considered entertainment and should not be taken as financial tax or legal advice. Please, please, please contact a licensed professional before taking action in those areas. If you need somebody, we are happy to help you find someone.